Hello and welcome to Fraggle Talk Classic, the unofficial Fraggle Rock podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. My name is Beth, and together we are wrapping up season one. My name is Julia, and insert something interesting to say here. <laughs> Shoot, I kind of threw you under the bus. My name is Adam, and after wrapping up season one, we're going to put a whole bow on it. And then we're going to draw a little happy faces on the wrapping paper, and we're going to put it right there under the tree. Aww. That's really nice. I mean, it's February when this will come out, but it's... It, Look, it, so the tree is on the side of the road next to the garbage cans, <laughs> but there is a cute little present under it, and that's what counts. Next Perfect. to the garbage cans. Next to the garbage cans. Okay. That, that feels on theme for the Fraggles. Right. If Marjorie has taught us anything, it's that you can find amazing things in the trash. Yeah. So we are going to be doing a recap episode, and we've also got some, like, listener questions and feedback, which can I just say, that's a wild thing to have. <laughs> I know, right? It's so great. That I sit in my room and talk about a cool show, and then people are going to, people, one of them from Germany even, somebody in Europe, is now sending us emails, like, expressing joy and asking further questions about my my mind is bending right the internet is magical oh adam's got his fraggle mug yay oh yeah beth got me a fraggle mug mug. oh yeah beth got me a fraggle mug wait it's got the solemn that's awesome available now on the tough pig store oh Uh, dang i haven't looked at the tough pig store for a second i was responsible for them putting up a new shirt around christmas because we watched the great santa claus which um for my my christmas article uh and now the cosmo shirt is on there uh, I might have to go get one of those mugs and then drink from it when we're we're recording. That's cool. You should totally do that. Um, do we want to just start off by talking about the season? Yeah. General that impressions. Feels, that feels good. How's the journey been so far? Do you want me to go first? Because I have... I have... You probably have the most... I mean, kind of the most to say in the sense of this is all so new for you. This well, is all your my, first time. My take is if it goes first, it'll be the least tainted by the knowledge of your takes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Go for it. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by this show, and I continue to be like pleasantly surprised and delighted by just the sheer level of intention that goes into this. Like mm. I've always known that the Muppets were an incredibly well and incredibly intentionally put together group. Um, but one of the things about the Muppets is that they really do suffer from sitcomitis, which is that you've got a cast of characters, and they have interesting relationships with each other and interesting like ways and situations that new parts of those relationships can show but the relationships don't really develop Mm -hmm. you just sort of have this like really and it's a wonderful atmosphere and a wonderful feeling of like the family dinner table with a family reunion and you don't like half the people you only kind of know and they're all weird and they're all doing the same their own thing and and that's great but you don't get to see that grow and i don't I don't think that was a thing that I even realized wasn't there until I found it in Fraggle Rock. Mm. And I think the thing that I'm the most excited about is, like, they don't shove it in your face. They don't have any very special episodes. do 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 Oh, my God. Moki Fraggle decided to try alcohol and she crashed her car and now we're having a sad episode. <laughs> and all the people are going to talk to you, the viewer. Don't drink. And it's like, yeah, no, you don't, they're not spoon feeding us stuff, right? They're just like, hey, look at these people and their lives. And they're kind of doing their best. And not their best is not always great 
but they're working on it. Adam, remind me sometime to have us watch cartoon all-stars to the rescue together someday. Do I get to make fun of it? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Do you you know what it is? No, but I can deduce it from context clues. Yeah, you get to hear a bunch of like the 80s most famous cartoon characters telling you why drugs are bad, including the Muppet Babies. The irony (laughs) of many of these characters existing only because of drugs is not lost on me. How do the Muppet Babies know about drugs? They're babies. Right? They're Muppet Babies, though. Let's be honest here, Julia. Come on. Okay. (laughs) Sure. This feels like a relevant time to... uh, I wanted to sprinkle in some, like, quotes and information that I found in the tome. The tome. The tome. That didn't make it into the episodes that we've done so far, but are still relevant to season one. Oh, excellent. Please do. So this one's talking about uh, wrapping up uh, the filming of season one and then the uh, media reaction to it. And there's some great quotes in here. Um, The Washington Post described it as a fresh and funny approach to mild, painless moralism, a saucy cuteness that's never merely precious or condescending, and adventures that exclude neither tots nor grandparents nor anyone in between from the target audience. Um, They said it way better than I did. Critics applauded Jim Henson's ability to offer moral insights without being preachy, introduce fun characters who weren't corny, and continue his unerring instinct to create programming that would appeal to adults as well as children. Kids can be vastly entertained, wrote Bob Weishart of the syndicated Newhouse News Service. And unless they have a heart full of unwashed socks, adults will be charmed. That that idea of like the characters aren't corny. I want to I want to go into a, just a little bit more about that because there are a lot of really corny characters here, but they're corny in the same way that like your uncle is corny, right? Right. They're not written as an intention to be part of a corny story. They're written because like sometimes people are just corny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a student tell me that I was made out of dad jokes. And you know what? He wasn't wrong. Yeah, no, accurate. Accurate description. And so it just, I think that is the thing that I really, if I had to pick one word to describe this show so far, it would be earnest. Yeah. Because it really is. It's a good word. And I respect that. And there's a dearth of it, mm. especially in, in shows before the new golden renaissance of children's animation. There's just not a lot of that. Yeah. Legit. Um, I would love to hear from Julia next, given that you are the one re-watching this, and I would love to hear just sort of what your take on it is as somebody who hasn't seen it in a while and has been diving back into it. Yeah, I mean, I was sitting here trying to think about when actually I last watched Triangle Rock, and I my tagline is 10 years, and I think that it stayed my tagline because we, I mean, full disclosure, we tried to get this off the ground like a while back and then you know recording this whole first season between the three of us um it was a little slow going at the start and so i think when we first started this project a while ago it was 10 years but i think it's actually closer to 11 or 12 years at this point because i think i was 21 um so it's been a very long time since i've watched any fraggle rock the only episode i've rewatched in that entire time is the bells of fraggle rock which is gonna come right. up in or the occasional ones for writing the 40 years later reviews well yeah but we only just started those and so for season one i think i only wrote one review and so i watched 
So I guess that's true. I did watch the um, the Ragtime Queen episode before we recorded for this season. And funny enough, I actually already have watched one episode for season two. So that episode will be a little bit of a cheat as well, because yeah. I'll have seen it, you know, a couple months before um, we record it. Ooh, I'm Ooh, telling. I know. <laughs> I felt I was in my article review for it. I was going to write like, this feels like cheating for my podcast, but then I, I took it out. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's been probably about 12 years since I've seen this first season. And, you know, I remember loving going through Fraggle Rock. I remember thoroughly enjoying it, like coming home from like my job after college and just watching a bunch of episodes in one go in like my, my not dorm room, I guess my crappy apartment at that time. Um, and it filling me with so much joy. But there is like a lot that I completely spaced on you know i i was trying to think there's a handful of songs that stuck with me um i remembered gobo being a jerk um it's funny i remembered red getting on my nerves a lot more and not so much moki that was like an interesting thing to discover and then i remembered loving wembley and boover which has stayed very true but i think it's like the the growth and like the way these characters are flawed but in a way that Maybe yes is irritating at times, but also we can see like, oh, they are this way because, you know, this is how they've been. But there's also so much room for them to grow. And we do see that growth throughout the season. Like, you know, I remember like the first part of season one, Gobo. That's the Gobo that stuck with me. We're like, oh, he's snarky to his friends. And he kind of says like mean snide things all the time. But I didn't really remember the transition into season two as he kind of grows into this spot as like a leader. You know, he's the one that like leads the charge in Marooned. He's the only one that doesn't blindly follow this premonition that the trash heap gives them in the very last episode. Mm -hmm. And so I was actually like really impressed with his characterization and even like Moki, who we have spent so much talking about this like entire season, like looking kind of where she ends up at the end of the season, you know, she's definitely not all the way there, but we can kind of see the trajectory she's going to be going on the next four seasons. And that's like, I don't know. That's so exciting to have a kid show where characters are allowed to be flawed and it makes them feel so real because it can show kids like hey you know maybe you've said something like this and maybe you've done something like this and you know here can be the ramifications of that with your friends but also here are steps that you can take to kind of learn from the situation and you know we're not they're never like pointing fingers being like this makes this character a bad person they're a bad Mm -hmm. character we shouldn't like them you know there is the room for growth and like the expectation that change can happen and i I so appreciate that. And we've also talked so much this season about, you know, how seamless the world building is. That would probably be on the bingo card for our podcast. And (laughs) we say it a lot, but we say it so much because it's true. And, you know, with I've seen The Muppet Show more than I've seen Fraggle Rock. And there is like seamless world building in the Muppet show a bit, but it's also so different because it is a sitcom and it is a variety show and the characters are pretty stagnant. So, you know, it's not that characters don't change through that show, but not not to the same extent. It's more like they get rebuilt or a different puppeteer takes them over or something. Um, and so I, this this world, it's just everything is so meticulously thought out, you know, the the lore the the relationship between all the different creatures and i'm sure that a part of that i remembered but like just like the ecosystem and the relationships there's 
there's just like so much that for whatever reason like didn't stick in my mind probably because of my wonderful ADHD um where it's hard to remember things after a decade um but that that is something I also really loved and treasured about like going back through the season was seeing you know the individual journeys but also like just the journey of like the collective fraggles and the collective gorgs we didn't really get a ton of doozers this season and i do know that i guess small spoiler that's gonna maybe be changing in the future um, i'm very excited for that yes yeah. uh it's been so nice just getting to go through it after all of this time i also think like i'm such a different person than i, I was when i was 21 22 when i first went through it and it's not mm-hmm. that like i wouldn't have like read deeper into all of these episodes, but I do think like, you know, I was a college kid just putting on Fraggle Rock to unwind at the end of the day after class and work. And so, you know, I was probably like having a drink and also playing games on my phone and being like, oh, this is so great. I love this show. But there is something about like going through it, like both as an older person with more life experience and also for a podcast. Uh, I just said that I reviewed an episode for season two for Fraggle Rock and I went into that review being like, I don't have much time. It's going to be so short. It's going to be quick. And I wrote so much for that review. Joe got back to me and was like, you went really in depth. And I told him that it was (laughs) Beth and Adam's fault because it's so hard to now not watch this show and think like, I need to like analyze this relationship. And this is a tiny, I I wrote a whole paragraph about a five second interaction between Wembley and Gobo in that episode because it just stuck with me. And so, oh yeah. You know, um... Well, this show has little five-second interactions that are worth writing paragraphs yeah, about. Yeah, that, like, yeah. can define, like, an entire relationship between, like, where the characters are at at the time, so... I, I um... Yeah. I wanted to touch on something that you said, because mm-hmm. you said you're a different person now than you were when you watched this. Yes. Um, I, I was meeting a friend of a friend years ago, and he, we were recommending each other books, which is always a good sign, um, and I was talking about rereading a book, and he was like, oh, I never read books. And I was like, what? How do you, what? And he's like, what would I get out of it? And I'm like, no, 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 dude, dude, dude. It's not that the book's changed. It's that you have. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- some of my favorite things to do is to reread books that I love after not reading them for a couple of years and just see what's in there that mm-hmm. me as a different person now got that old me didn't. Definitely. And so I've I've been thinking about, like, little kid me watching this show would have loved the f- Love the oh, almost four would have loved the dang songs, uh, and I think he would have been really annoyed by a couple of people. But I think he would have really liked like the Gorgs and the Doozers, and I think he would have really gotten a kick out of just sort of the wackiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the really cool thing about stuff like this is subconsciously you pick up on all of it, right? Like one of the most powerful ways that we can teach with stories is like having stories that have lessons that are not said directly mm-hmm. but that are just sort of not even just implied but implied and unspoken as a part of the just sort of world building rules of the story which i don't know if that's clear at all um yeah but that that is part of how kids absorb culture absolutely and i i'm really excited that so many kids got to absorb culture from this yeah yeah i, I also think i would have lo- i would have loved this show as a kid if I had gotten to to see it when I was younger. I remember seeing commercials for it when I was, I don't know, a very small kid, probably like on some other like 
Henson property. Um, and I was always, I always wanted to watch it. I had one of those little uh, red in the radish toys from, from oh, McDonald's, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never, I never saw it until I was in my early 20s and I got sucked into the, the world of all things related to Jim Henson. So it, this is, you know, we can talk more about like the experience of the podcast and recording it. But I will say, along with getting to to spend more time with y'all, like getting to go through the show has been just a lovely treat. It's been awesome. Yay. Um, I want to hear from Beth now, as somebody who's a deep fan, just how watching this show through other people's eyes and just sort of rewatching it through a deep dive has been, because that way mm. we will finish the trifecta. And also, Beth, like a guesstimation, what do you think... Like, what number watch is this for you for going through season one? If you had to guess, like, how many times have you seen oh. the whole of season? I guess the Gosh, whole of season one question. or, you know, certain episodes you've seen a lot. I mean, you know, we start with the tagline that I'm rewatching for the millionth time, which mm-hmm. obviously is, it's hyperbole. But also because, because it's impossible to really calculate. Like, I'm genuinely not sure how many times I've watched it. And especially because, you know, when I was a kid, that wouldn't have happened, you know, sequentially. Like, I am sitting down to watch, you know, all of season one in a row as a four-year-old. Like, that did not happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What happened was that it just kind of permeated my little developing subconscious. And it's the reason I loved radishes and would look for fraggle holes in the basement and nowadays getting to see it through other people's eyes is so wonderful and valuable and hearing different people's interpretations of the same things like we can watch the same scene and interpret it totally differently and that's been really valuable for me who i was kind of alone in my muppet nerddom for a long time until i found tough pigs and found people to talk about it with and so being able to get those different perspectives and see how there's so much more to the show than i ever realized when i was younger because of the different ways that you can interpret it and the different layers and yeah like going through with a fine tooth comb is super valuable and and rewarding for part of my brain but it wouldn't be as rich of an experience without the collaborative aspect of it Hmm. rad do we want to get to like listener questions and stuff yeah so speaking of collaboration we reached out to listeners to get some questions and thoughts and feedback and We'll start with this uh, lovely email from Jacob Jackson. Uh, Jacob says, I want to start by saying I am almost certainly older than all of you, as my earliest Henson memory is watching Fraggle Rock at my babysitter's house when I was just a toddler. I was born in April of 83, just after the season had first aired. Okay, you are technically older than us, but only by a tiny bit. You're older than me by like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um The episode I distinctly remember featured a friend you will not be discussing for a very long time called Skidfrith. Oh, I can't wait for that one. I don't remember who that is. Oh, boy. (laughs) I'm excited. I am also a teacher. Teacher high fives. Hey. Nice. Get some sleep. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Sorry about your back. (laughs) (laughs) And I have had a Muppet-themed room for nine years straight. I have Jim, Ernie, and Kermit above my desk. Nice. 
As a true blue, lifelong Muppet and Fraggle fan, I was desperate to listen to some podcasts and the like, so every few months I searched the podcast apps for anything Henson-related, and one of those searches turned up a new show that was kicking off quite the endeavor, a Fraggle Rock deep dive from episode one called Fraggle Talk. As I am sure you all may know, there are a f- there are a few Henson-related podcasts that are quite entertaining, but there is something about Fraggle Talk that stands out. Maybe it is hearing from a variety of perspectives and familiarities with the Fraggles. It has been a joy listening so far, and I'm sincerely looking forward to season two. Getting to the point of my email, I love a good ranking slash list making segment and would love to hear either of these lists from you. Top three songs from the season and top three non-featured characters from the season. Thank you for your time. Let's all find solace in that we all hope the world does indeed get a little fragglier. That's so sweet. Thank you so much, Jacob, for sending that in. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. Warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was so happy when I read that. Okay. Um, top three. I, so I copied oh. and pasted the list of the songs from season one. Which was so It's helpful. so long. It oh is. Oh my gosh. There's so many of them. There's so many songs. And my brain is is a broken thing where half of those songs I was like, I'm sure I liked the song and I can't recall it off the top of my head. Right. So- well, see, that's why that's uh, mine does the same thing. And so I just stopped and I was like, all right, which songs do I remember getting mm-hmm. really excited about? There you and go. So I think the first one for me is the poem song when Red is trying really hard to be Moki. Mm, yeah. Because not only is it just really fun, like you get to see some really excellent top tier tongue twister tantalizing temptation that's the wrong noun but i needed a t word um but just like songs as storytelling is something that is such a subtle art and they managed to nail it so well because like and i i talked about this in the episode but you're you're getting a really clear demonstration that like you can mimic somebody but you can't mimic all of the little intricacies and subtleties that make them who they are and if you try you're gonna stumble and fall so that's definitely on my top. I'm not going to do like a one, two, three. It's just going to be mm-hmm. a top three. Um, I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to try a little longer for your friends. Um, Absolutely. If only because as a song, it's so versatile. You get, you get this really like really sweet kind of stripped down support version of it. And then it also becomes like a big celebration Oh, that's right. The end version. Yeah. yeah. They all sing it together and it's all like, no, we made it. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and then and I'm trying to find the version. What was the name of the song that they sang about the cowardly guy with the helmet? The storyteller oh, Fraggle Blund- sang it. Blunderbuss? Sir Blunderbrain. Sir Blunder- Blunder- yeah, the Ballad it. of Sir Blunderbrain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that song, specifically because they were like, hey, what if we took Beowulf and gave it a funk bass line? <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. And it's a banger. It's an just absolute banger. Throw in an Odyssey reference that literally only Adam is going to pick up on. Mm-hmm. Some other nerds out there in the world got that. <laughs> Some other I, I can't be the only nerd there. I am a literary nerd, but I am by not by a, a long measure not the deepest or hardcorest literary nerd. <laughs> Fair. So yeah, those are my top three. Try a little longer for your friends. The poem tongue twister song and the ballad of Sir Blunderbrain. Excellent. I mean, for my three songs, two of them are no-brainers because they are two of my absolute favorite 
of all time Fraggle Rock songs. Uh, and number one is Follow Me. It is the first song, excluding the theme song, uh, of the entire series. And it's gorgeous. Um, it is whenever I have the means and also finally the gumption to get wrist tattoos, I'm going to get, like, I have a sesame tattoo, I have a Muppet tattoo, and that's going to be my Fraggle tattoo eventually is uh, Wonders Follow Me on one wrist and Something's Calling Me on the other wrist. I've known oh, this for a good. decade, Heck but I also yeah. know that it hurts to get wrist tattoos, and so I keep putting it off. Uh, and then the other one is uh, Let Me Be Your Song is one that's mm. just constantly lives in my brain of like all of the Muppet song. That one is just always there. Um, so I knew that those two, no matter what, would be in my top three because they're probably in my top five of the entire series and i was thinking also like adam because i was like there's so many songs in the season that for whatever reason just haven't stuck with me because of how my brain works so what has stuck with me and it's weird like, i don't think they're in my top three a lot of the junior songs stuck with me i think just like mm -hmm. his songs are just so catchy they're kind of like earworms um but the more i thought of it the more i really like the song ragtime queen it's just like this beautiful melody cat Kathy Mullen's got such a great voice and it's so sweet and bittersweet at the same time. You know, I think it helps that I, I reviewed that episode for the Tough Pigs article and then I rewatched it for this podcast. So I also saw it more than once. Um, but I think that that one's up there for me this time around. I, I really like just the melody and the sound of the song and, you know, yeah. So go Moki, I guess <laughs> he made it into my top three. Good for her. She would be. I can just imagine her hearing that and just sort of puffing herself up. Yeah, she'd be like, <laughs> "Of course I am. I'm an artist." <laughs> what about you, Beth? Yeah, Beth. Oh gosh. I mean, you're right. It's it's hard to choose because there's so many good ones, and yeah, I'm not gonna rank them. I'm just gonna you know pick out ones as I'm looking through this list. Like, um, definitely echo the friendship song and let me be your song i would also throw in um once upon a time i knew my name when gobo is you know having this career crisis about not knowing if he's supposed to be a an explorer mm -hmm. and it's just so like poignant and i i love that we get to sit in those moments of confusion and pain and not have the characters try and like immediately move on from here's a problem and now we're immediately going to go solve the problem like you get to have those moments of like this thing that i'm going through stinks and i need to musically process those feelings hmm. can that be that feels like the great tagline for either the show or our podcast <laughs> just like this thing i'm going through stinks and i need to musically process those feelings <laughs> i mean we've gotten so many taglines by now what was what were we gonna steal from uh how jerry jewel writes uh manic humanism oh yeah manic Ooh, humanism that yeah. yeah oh god that's <laughs> Manic humanism, colon, this thing I'm going through stinks, and I'm going to process my feelings about it musically. Perfect. The Fraggle Talk story. Um, there, was something about, there was something about the theme song that I wanted to pull up here. Yeah, also just shout out to the theme yeah, song. Yeah, I thought about putting the theme song in my top three, but that felt like a cheat because it's in literally every episode. I don't, I also thought about putting the theme song in my top three. There's like... 
a thread on Twitter a while back uh, about like theme songs you never skip. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my go-to, my two go-tos are She-Ra and BoJack Horseman because you just never skip either of those theme songs. Why would you? Absolutely. Um, but Fraggle Rock, just that opening, it's every single time it sets the tone and I'm just like, yeah, I'm here for this. Let's dance our cares away down at Fraggle Rock. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> for me, it's Fraggle Rock and uh, DuckTales. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, DuckTales. DuckTales? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Tales of Daring Do Good and Good Luck Tales? Ooh. <laughs> um, let's see here. Please hold while the page we are trying to find is located. God dang it. <laughs> your listenership is important to us. Oh my God. Thank you for keeping your podcast app running. If you make it too good, then I won't be able to cut it. Bottom gets wet. Bottom, that's I'm the gold. Jam. Ooh, okay. Um, so talking about hello. <laughs> <laughs> the creators planned that each thirty-minute episode would include at least two songs, possibly three. The songs were not intended to be add-ons. They would not stop the action, but move it forward. There was one rule the scriptwriters were asked to follow related to the Fraggle Rock music. Said Jocelyn Stevenson, "A song must always advance the story. We were not allowed to write, and they sing a song in our scripts." We had to describe how the song fit in and its purpose in the story. They were integral parts of the storytelling. That's how Sondheim does it. Yeah. yeah. He's he's on record as saying, no, you don't sing unless you have to. Mm. And the singing is always a part of the plot. It always needs to advance either a character's motivations or decision or something that happens. Yeah, yeah those are the best. I mean, I'm a big Broadway musical fan, and those are the best kinds of musicals. Aren't where... you, like, short? What? Aren't you like? <sighs> Aren't I, wait, what did I say? You're, you said, well, said you're like a music Broadway musical uh, fan. I am you're very short. Little. You're kind of you're like a little Broadway musical. I'm a fan. little Broadway musical fan. <laughs> no, Sorry. I'm a large absent-minded spirit. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, but those are typically the best kinds of musicals where either the the songs are moving the plot forward and things are taking place and happening, or maybe it is a character stopping. And singing to the audience, but it is like revealing something within them, or it's an I want song. And, yeah. you know, there was like a big shift, like in the golden era of Broadway, where it wasn't just like, yeah, in- input a song right here about like, you know, something that's not super important to suddenly being like, oh, we could actually use the songs to make the musicals like even better. Like, I feel like I read something that Fiddler on the Roof was one of the first like big musicals that was like, we're going to start doing this. And then it just shifted. All of Broadway. I love Broadway. Significant improvement. Yeah, definitely. Um, so another another little bit that I found the answer to a question that we had asked earlier. Mm. Um, the tome says, the end of the opening sequence was to feature one of the Fraggles delivering the final phrase of the song, Down at Fraggle Rock. An idea Balsam believes came from Jim Henson. Each of the Fraggle Five was filmed singing the final line, and the thought was to evenly distribute these throughout the seasons but it was Boober's version that was most frequently used. So when we every once in a while, like see Boober, but hear a different mm-hmm. character's voice, that mm-hmm. is the reason for it. Yeah. Interesting. Cause yeah, I remember we talked a little bit about it. It was pretty early on in recording. So it must've been in the first half of season one where I feel like one of us saw 
an episode where we did get like maybe a visual of another Fraggle, but then like I I think I only ever heard the audio over Boober. I can't remember; it's been so long. But I I kind of assumed it was something like that where they had thought of mixing it up, but then they just stuck with Boober because he's Boober. He's great. Yeah. Um, I've got a question about this. So we're we're about to talk about our top three non-featured characters from the season. What mm-hmm. defines non-featured? Like not the top five. Yeah, not one of the big five. So d- that doesn't include like Marjorie or Matt, who are also in like most of the episodes. We- no. Okay. Yeah, I would say like maybe not even because okay, I would say the primary characters are the Fraggle Five, Doc yeah. and Sprocket, and then maybe the secondary characters are like you know. Marjorie and the boys like I'm thinking maybe we're getting into like tertiary characters here yeah I was trying to figure out like how like could I could I put Uncle Matt on he feels even though he's not you know in the plot plots in this season besides season one he is still in I think it was was there one episode this season we didn't get yeah, Matt and that, there's only one episode we haven't had and, a card. and other than that like he still feels pretty featured because of how much he pops up but well, actually, yeah, I need to think about it for a second about who's my top three. Yeah, totally. I've got two of my top three. I've got one. I say, yeah, just shout them out. Uh, what is Wembley's friend's name? Lou. Lou. I love Lou so much. Heck yeah. I would watch a whole spinoff series about Lou and Wembley. Mm-hmm. I need to see if there's any, like, platonic Lou-Wembley friendship fanfics on AO3. Because I just want more Lou Wembley content, <laughs> and I don't want it to be romantic. I just want them to be cool friends who actually support each other, and someone who accepts Wembley for who he is. That makes me really happy. That episode hit me really hard in the feelings, yeah, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, I love the story keeper, the keeper of stories. Mm-hmm. Oh, the storyteller. Storyteller. Yeah, I love her so much. Mm-hmm. I love her, like manic einstein librarian energy (laughs) and i just want to see more of her and i hope we get to i don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say we get to see her again at least a couple more times glorious and then i don't know if this counts or not but i just i love philo and gunge so much oh yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely make me so happy and i just love the idea of it's like oh yeah no we've got this oracle but she's also just got like hype rats (laughs) and the hype rats are just there and they like I think my favorite thing about it is they hang out like they're good company. They It's not just like they work there. This is like them hanging out with their friend and having their friends back. Yeah. And I just that's really sweet. They could have not had the extra dimensionality on that. But they were like, no, what if we like have little like if we're doing an establishing shot, what if we also have little bits of dialogue and they're doing stuff and she's making them little nose warmers and they're writing po- freestyle and poetry at each other. <laughs> And reminding her when she's getting a little too deep into her uh, little powers. too lost in the sauce. Yeah, <laughs> they will help find her in the sauce. Okay, so I think for my three characters, definitely World Dolls Fraggle is up there. He's just mm-hmm. so bumbling and and silly, and you know him in this version it's gonna change in the newer fraggle rock like hitting is it hinchy isn't isn't the greatest feeling but it's also very much of the time the show is being made for like just like a ah this is a funny little moment so i understand where it's coming from but i do i I like seeing the world oldest fraggle um and then i would say we didn't get a ton of them this season but like flange i think is the is he the doozer who ends up in is it the great radish famine 
Oh, isn't that Dirk? Is it Dirk? No. So Flange was the doozer who... Um, who does Moki take along to the Gorg Garden? I'm pretty sure that was Flange. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, how did I forget about Flange? Yeah. How did I forget about the doozers? Oh, man. I just remember there was a... Like, them being in the garden was, like, a great sequence of, like, different things happening between the three of them. And Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, the doozers as a whole kind of are, like, secondary tertiary characters. And so you could At almost, point, like, yeah. group them together because while we have heard some names and... I guess also honorary mention for the song question, like the knitting song the doozers sang is also really wonderful. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. With them in all their little sweaters. But um, I, I loved getting to see any of the doozers. Um, Flange was just the one that like came to mind first. Uh, so them, I guess, as a unit a little bit. And then my third one's kind of a cheat because it's like, t- it's, it's two characters, but like the differences between both Convincing John and Cantus being Jim's like two characters mm. he plays this season and how they're so polar opposite and i know we, how did i forget about cantus i know oh my god cantus i mean cantus so takes it for me over convincing john um right because we do get a bit more of him as a character as opposed to convincing john comes in and does his thing and has some i believe he has some creepy teeth also um, yeah <laughs> but yeah cantus is wonderful and he you know his song is let me be your song is like up there for me for this season but um, I always love getting to see him and the way that he speaks is such a fun, you know, very almost Yoda-ish like riddle type of way of trying to help the Fraggles out. But then they have to like de- decipher what he's he's telling them. And I'm excited to see more of all three of those characters. I actually do want to replace Philo and Gunge with Cantus because yeah. I forgot about him and he makes me <laughs> so happy. Cantus is great. Yeah. Can I, can I actually share just a quick little thing about Cantus <laughs> that do I don't it. remember if I shared at the, uh, on the episode we saw him in or not? Um, at my father's memorial service, one of the people who was on our church's board of directors with him when he was the president of the board came up and was like, you know, Warren was a really amazing guy and we really liked having him, you know, on the board and as the president. And, you know, we would be talking and chewing on something and he would say, well, you know, I've got a thought about that. And sometimes he would say something and it would be the most like <laughs> eloquent, really brilliant reframe. And we'd all have to sit there and go wow, none of us ever thought about it like that. And sometimes he'd finish a long, elaborate metaphor and we'd all just kind of sit there and go, what the fuck did you just say? What? <laughs> what do you even... What? And I think that's part of the reason I really like Cantus is because he full-on reminds me of my dad Aww. in some really sweet ways. Because that was, that was a lot of how my dad liked to interface with the world. He was a big believer in trying to say stuff in the most accurate way possible, even if that wasn't the most decipherable way. Oh, I love that. That's great. It also sounded like you could have been describing yourself to some degree. Uh, you're very sweet, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pause and hand it over to you to tell us your your <laughs> your top three characters, Goober. Oh, I mean, how can you choose? I mean, I Junior Gorg is is getting up there for me, but he's he's got some he's got a ways to go yet. Mm-hmm. And then you know it's it's hard to not pick Marjorie because she you know loom so large in the show it kind of like traveling mat level of like she's there all the time and she's so important but she's also in her own like space yeah exactly yeah gosh i love when i we've mentioned all of my favorites so far anyway but like i love the little moments when a background fraggle just steals the show like in the last episode that we were watching when red is trying to wrangle all of moki's new super fans and you just get the fraggle like clinging to her like please i don't know where to go help me just 
unnecessarily scene stealing and i am so here for it chewing the scenery and it's so nice (laughs) can i say who my least favorite secondary character was this season sure i don't know if i because i kept messing his name up in the episode it would be it's either like melvin or mervin or something marlin (laughs) marlin still can't do it still can't remember um that guy was creepy. Is that guy gonna come back? Or is he, he gone? Is. Oh, good. He's gonna keep being creepy. I'm not. I'm not gonna look it up. It'll be a nice surprise when it happens. I appreciate that they're like. Also, there are some creepy weirdos you gotta watch out for. Oh, sure. Like, there's some cool, wholesome weirdos, and there's some creepy ones. Can we see? Do we ever see Marlin in conversation with the double-chested bat warbler? I also. Just imagine we are going to we are going to create a thing that will in- control the minds of people. <laughs> oh, good! I am glad you're on board. <laughs> like uh, it just sounds like the worst possible ASMR that you could imagine. I just I need it. I think they're both voiced by uh, Steve Whitmire, so that might be tricky, yeah. but. It's just him with two puppets talking to one another. Just have, yeah, you could look, doing the worst look, voices. That if would be incredible. I, as a dungeon master, can have two NPCs mm-hmm. have a conversation there with each go. other. Puppeteers can too. Yep, and I'm sure they do between takes. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> okay. Um. I think we should pause here to bring on our uh very patient. We've been talking for almost an hour now. Um. Holy cripes. <laughs> let me. Um, do do do. Gotta open up Discord. Which cord? Discord. <laughs> oh, dad cord. Okay. I thought you were talking about the other cord. No, no, no. This one. Okay. Discord is overwhelming because I'm on both of the Tough Pigs ones, and in the it's past there have been a overwhelming. lot of notifications. And eventually, I was like, they they gotta turn off. It's overwhelming for you guys. I have to read all of mm-hmm. them. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Becca Petunia of ToughPigs.com and the Hubba podcast. Hubba Oh my god, the oh, Becca Petunia? That's right, we're recording. Um, I've only gotten to meet you the one time and it was an amazing experience. Well, it's an even more amazing experience now because, um, because Adam, uh, I'm actually here to quiz you on what you've learned about Fraggle Rock. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't have to be the teacher role. I could be the student role. No, that's exactly it. Unfortunately, oh, unfortunately. I have so many authority issues. I can flex like a long rejected muscle. Adam, Adam, you're not the only teacher around these parts. <laughs> oh, thank God. Okay, great. I'm going to go chew on a pencil and chew gum and text on my phone. Great. Okay. <laughs> so Adam, you might not know this because nobody told you, but... Uh, I, I'm the host of one of Tough Pig's other podcasts, Hubba which is a Muppet quiz show podcast. And um, I was talking to Beth and we thought that since you've seen Fraggle Rock season one for the first time, uh, you might be ready for a Fraggle Rock themed quiz from me. Oh, yeah. I'm either going to have a hyper-specific, incredibly detailed answer, or nothing. <laughs> Let's go. Well, for folks at home who are familiar with Hubba um, we just wrapped up our third season on the uh, one of the other Tough Pigs feeds, the Muppet Fan Podcasts with ToughPigs.com feed. We just wrapped up season three, which is going to be our last season for a while, because I'm working on other stuff right now, which I'm excited for you all to hear. It's it's going to be exciting stuff as well, but I can't stay away from Hubba too long. So here I am. 
with a with a special mini episode. So we're gonna we're gonna run through a couple of different questions. Adam, this is all you. Although Beth and Julia, if Adam gets things wrong, feel free to correct him. Yeah, I I may I may use a lifeline and phone a friend. All right, and we're gonna we're gonna play we're gonna play shorter versions of all of our classic Hubble games. Glorious. All right, so all right, I'm ready. Adam. Yes. In the first Fraggle Rock episode that was filmed, the 30 minute work week, 40 mm -hmm. minute work week, 40 minute work week. There we go. Thir 30 minute work week. 30 is, minute it 30? Work? is it it's 30 or 40? See, it's 30. I got the first question right. Let's go. Trick question. I've got it. <laughs> In the first Fraggle Rock episode, see now, this is how it, what it's like teaching. Every time I yep. start trying to say something, somebody interrupts me. I, I feel like I'm at home. God, it's so nice to be the interrupter instead of the interruptee. <laughs> Alrighty. In the first episode of Fraggle Rock that was filmed, the 30-minute work week, the Fraggles' jobs are established. Adam, what jobs do each of the main five Fraggles have? Moki harvests radishes. Boober does the laundry. Gobo gets the postcards from Traveling Matt. Wembley doesn't have a job, and eventually, if memory serves, gets a job as the siren for the firefighters. And Red... Oh, I'm four for five. Hold on, don't mm -hmm, tell me. Mm -hmm. Red's the tricky I don't blame one. You. This is a really hard one. Red's the tricky uh, one. She's the one who organizes things, right? She's like the event planner? You would think, but you're thinking of My Little Pony, where one of the characters has that job. Is, doesn't she get lima beans? No. Oh, Only she in does. one episode. She does in one episode, yeah. Um, What's Red's job? I've Beth, got, I'm Julia, four for five and I'll take an 80%. Out? What's Red's I job? I dive and splash and swim and crash to keep the water clean. Oh, right. Correct. She does the swimming in the... Okay, Red's, yeah. Red's job is to clean the pool by swimming in the pool, um, which doesn't make a ton of sense. And in the remake, they changed it to a lifeguard. Mm -hmm. That makes so much more sense. That's, yeah, that's how I remember it, because we were confused about what exactly her job entails and how right. she keeps it clean. I think we guessed that, like, maybe her hair, like, helped scrub the pool or something. That's always my assumption, but yeah, just because that's funny. All right, next question. Alrighty. Adam, what is the name of Doc's neighbor and Doc's neighbor's cat? Doc's neighbor is named Shimmelfinny, and Shimmelfinny's cat is named Shimmelfinny's cat. <laughs> Adam, do you know Shimmelfinny's first name? Because you're wrong about the cat's name, but do you know Shimmelfinny's first name? Ned. It is Ned Shimmelfinny. It is Ned Shimmelfinny. Doesn't the cat's name start with an E? It does not. Nope, not even a little bit. All right, I got Ned Shimmelfinny. All I remember is them being like, ah, that dang Shimmelfinny's cat. So, no, I have no memory of what the cat's name is. Beth, Julia, you, you want to help Adam out? I do know. There's also now a dog barking. Hey, Richard. I think the male I'm gonna need a second. Jesus Christ. Hey, one second. Reggie. These are the kinds of tangents we love. Oh, yeah. Beth, do you know the name of Shimmelfinny's cat? Shimmelfinny's cat is Fluffinella. Fluffinella. I do remember that now that you have said it. All right. Well, question three. Uh, Adam, what two mm -hmm. characters on Fraggle Rock are performed by Jim Henson? Oh, God. 
we we did this one already, right? That was uh, convincing John and Cantus. Yes. Correct. Yeah, because they're both the two halves of Doctor Teeth. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Question four, Adam. Oh. Doc builds a lot of useless inventions. What is unique about the bookcase Doc tries to build in the terrible tunnel? It is a collapsible bookcase that can only be collapsed by putting a horseshoe into it. Very good. I'm impressed. Ooh, yeah, I forgot that one. Thanks. It's the autism. <laughs> Don't I know it? Hey, <laughs> my people. All right. So now we're at the part of the show, uh, the part of Hubble Walk, Hubble where Walk. I pause the regular questions and switch to beat the time. Ooh. Oh, gosh. Okay. Adam, there are a lot of answers to this question that I'm about to ask. Specifically, there are 25 answers to this question. Oh, my God. So... We are going to, and this time I'm bringing in Beth and Julia, we are going to rotate between the three of you, each of you naming one answer to this until you can't name any more. And the question is, what are the 25 topics that Traveling Matt discusses in his postcards in season one of Fraggle Rock? Oh my God. Can you establish a turn order? Uh, We are going to go Adam, Julia, Beth. Cool. Sheep shearing. Sheep shearing is one. All right. Julia? Uh, Feeding his uh, parking meters. Feeding money into parking meters. Feeding money into parking meters is another. Thank you, Julia. Beth? Hatching rainbows. Hatching a rainbow on a chicken farm. Yes. Smoking cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes. Correct. Not on Apple TV, but it, it did happen. Julia? I got a dog growling in the background right now. Uh, the the boomerang, the, the the stick that comes back that he's yes. fascinated by. Yeah, boomerangs, correct. Beth, uh, lawn eating creatures that are lawnmowers. Correct. the The lawn eating creatures, the lawnmowers. Good. Ice, a magic rock that cries when it's stolen. Uh, ice, absolutely. All right, Julia. Kangaroos. Kangaroos, correct, in the final episode yeah. of the season, the one you spoke about the most recently. We were baffled about how he got to Australia. Um, in the first one, I think he encounters a fire hydrant and some cars. Yeah, I counted those separately, Beth. So oh, okay. I guess you just stole two. Oh, whoops. Oh, well, I'm going to, because cars come up more than once, and I'm specifically going to talk about him learning how to speak mm-hmm. car. Okay. I will give that to you then. Uh, I only counted cars once, but I will give it to you, Adam, and I will take the point away from Beth. Julia. <laughs> Isn't there one where he like kind of accidentally like panhandles in a mall where he has a cup and then someone puts money in it and he buys a donut? Is that Correct. right? Okay. That absolutely does happen. Uh, I grouped that with the one where he discovers that money is for throwing into fountains oh, because yeah. those are both about money. Well, there goes the one I was going to say of throwing money into fountains. Oh, shoot. Now we're reaching the limits of my memory. It's hard also because you can't name any of the ones from later seasons. Right? I was like, no, that one was from Back to the Rock. I can't. (laughs) Yeah, the one from, there's some ones from Back to the Rock that I won't spoil that are pretty funny. Right? Oh, man. Oh, I did not prepare for this quiz show. Well, I did. That's what makes it good. We're here. We're raw. It's organic. Pass. And next time, next time, maybe you should study the notes. (laughs) So many pages of notes. come to extra help. I'm here every day 
I'm here every day from 2 to 2.30. And you know what? Only one student ever shows up. So this is maybe not my fault. I was gonna. I'll do. I'll come tomorrow, but can you change my grade today? <laughs> listen. I'm also not listening to you because I'm watching TikToks. Listen. Listen. Adam. Adam. I gave you this grade because you couldn't name any more of Traveling Matt's postcards from season one of Fraggle Rock. But I can name one. I'm just waiting for Beth to take her turn. I said pass. Okay. Oh, I didn't hear you. Oh, um, <laughs> in outer space, the Doozer buildings are way, oh. way harder to eat. That is true. Julia, do you have another? Um, roller coaster. He's He rides a roller coaster next to Dave Goals. Absolutely. Rides a roller coaster next to Dave Goals. Beth. Wow. So much for claiming to have seen the show a million times. Pass. Adam? <laughs> uh, oh, uh, chewing gum. Weird little creatures whose tongues explode. Chewing gum, absolutely. Tongue explosion. Uh, Just had to make weird sounds until I found it. He meets a bunch of pigs and he puts on a pig nose. He meets a bunch of pigs and he puts on a pig nose, correct. How many are we at, by the way? Oh, like, boy. how many have we gotten? There, so there are 25 total, right? There's still mm -hmm. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten remaining. What? Yikes. I've got two more, I think, but that's all. Oh, God. I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel here. I asked you that question yeah, by time. Well, Doc invented a barrel scraper, so maybe you he could did. use that. He did. Oh, gosh. Um... I gotta pass on this one, Julia. Save us. Um, there's one with kites. There is one with kites. Oh, wow. I forgot that one was in season one. You're right. Yeah. That's in the second episode, Wembley yeah. and the Borgs. That's right, because we were commenting on, like, hey, if they're talking about, like, freedom in yeah. episode two of season one. Episode mm -hmm. two, sometimes slavery feels like freedom. That's that's the second lesson of Fraggle Rock. <sighs> Spicy. Oh, 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 oh. Sorry. Is it my turn? I finally got one. It is your turn. Yeah. Umbrellas. Umbrellas, correct. Oh my god, I don't remember the umbrella one at all. It's a magical way to bring water from the sky. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Instead of pipe banging, that's what the silly creatures have. Okay, okay. Um, Is there one about snow? There is not one about snow. Dang it. Okay. There is a next season because it's the one episode I watched to review. There was <laughs> snow in that one. <laughs> oh, and I, th I think the other one I I was thinking of, because I'm I, I'm pretty sure I was conflating it with like I remembered something about eggs, but I think that was the rainbow one where he thinks the rainbow hatch. That so, is the rainbow one. Yeah, yeah so, so we've done that one. Um, then I currently don't have any more. <laughs> Beth, unless you've got one, I'm calling it. Um, he meets a uh a marionette. He he does oh, meet yeah. a marionette, a string creature. Beth, Beth, any others? I'm tapped out. Okay, so ones you missed. Um, from the first episode, he technically talks about four things in the first episode postcard. Cars and fire hydrants were two, but also children holding sporting goods that he claims are uh, a band of warriors with weapons. I just remembered another mm. one. All right. <laughs> and Sprocket the dog is mentioned specifically in the first postcard. Whew. Also, in the second episode, along with kites, he does mention another type of creature that wants to fly but is imprisoned by its tail. And I have, of course, speaking of balloons. Mm, balloons. Oh. 
he speaks about the um the silly creatures who sew holes in things when he sees fishing nets oh, the fishing on the nets. fraggle pond. Oh. Um yeah. ice cream is a very cold moss pack. Right. Oh, I was yeah. gonna say ice cream and then I thought I was making it up. The <laughs> mannequins who are of course very good at relaxing. Forgot and about meditation, that one. Yes. Right. Yeah. And skateboards. Skateboards was oh, one the that's the one that came back to me, yeah. Dang. All right. So we're going to move back to we're going to move back to some regular questions. Oh yeah. So next question, Adam, what was the lost treasure of the Fraggles? A music box. It was a music box. That was the episode I was on. It's so good. Question 6. When Gobo gets boarded outside Fraggle Rock in Doc's workshop, what largely useless piece of advice does Marjorie give the other Fraggles? Um she says, "Oh, that's a great question." I think she says, like, just don't worry about it and it's going to be fine. She sort of does, but she's got another way of phrasing it. I don't remember the other way of phrasing it. That is the title of an episode. That doesn't help at all. (laughs) Uh, Beth, you got this one? Julia, you got this one? I cannot remember off the top of my head. She says, don't cry over spilt milk. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. She does say don't cry over spilt milk. Question seven. In the episode, Catch the Tail by the Tiger, Gobo is afraid that Matt has been hurt since he hasn't heard from him for two weeks. What has kept Matt from sending a postcard for those two weeks? He's got the flu. Got it, Adam. And last of these regular questions before we move on to the final question. (gasps) What must be done to stop the Great Radish Famine? They all need to come together and realize what unites them. Okay, so they need to bring oh the specific instructions are they need to bring one gorg, one fraggle, and one doozer into the garden. More specific. There's one gorg, one fraggle, one doozer into the garden and sing a song. They need to sing a song together. I'm tapping no, my uh, watch because that's a clue. Oh, at midnight. At midnight, correct. There we go. And we're gonna move on to our final question. The final question. According to the song. Oh, I mean, I guess I should do this like, like I do on. Oh, I'm dropping all the format of my show. I don't know. I've uh, my, my show. This is a very loosey goosey episode. Yeah. yeah. So, Adam, this is our final question, and you could bet any amount of points, but you know what? I forgot to total up how many points you have. I'm gonna bet two cups of tea and a hug. That's a great amount of points. So here's what I'm here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna ask right. If all of you, like always, you can all answer this final question, I want you to name, according to the episode, you can't do that without a hat, as many things as possible that you can't do without a hat. Oh. So, if you open up your Zoom chat window, I want you to type in as many of them as you can, or type in nothing if you can't think of anything you can't do without a hat. I got, I got nothing. You're you're referring specifically to, to the song? Yes, I'm sorry, I should have made that clear. According to the song that they sing in that episode, what are some things that you can't do without a hat? I have 12 written down. (laughs) Okay, Adam has sent an answer. (laughs) Julia, do you have anything? I don't have anything. I've I've been sitting here trying to think of like a legit answer and I can't think of anything. So I don't know. (sighs) Beth and Adam, you're typing in answers very quickly. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let me know let me know when you, when you think you're done i think that's my last one 
Beth, do you have any other ones? <laughs> I, I I can't recall the specific song right now. Oh my gosh. Real? I thought that you would have it memorized, Beth. Right? If I had just listened to it, I I would have remembered more. But this is a song that is not available on, like, it, it, it's not on Spotify. And so oh. I don't listen to it over and over again. Mm-hmm. It was it was on the uh, the vinyl and the the CD re-release. Um, I know, and then they pulled those from Spotify. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so you each contributed different answers, uh, and I'm gonna read what you sent me right now. <laughs> yes, so please. I should try to do it in the tune of the song. Um, <laughs> so, according to Adam, will you can rescue a missing friend, fight God. <laughs> make a union and overthrow the ruling class but you can't remember the lyrics to you can't do that without a hat without a hat <laughs> so adam of those four zero are correct <laughs> julia you've presented well you could stick it to the man and nothing else that's all, that's all <laughs> I got. you can't do that without a hat but no that's also not in the episode um, and Beth, you suggested you can huff and puff, something, 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 and all that stuff. <laughs> but you can't do any of that without a hat. Well, huff and puff is right. I so, remembered that one. Oh. Got one. Beth, you are correct. Beth, I feel like you maybe have the most points. I should have counted better. Mm, not if we're including all of the questions that were just for Adam. True. That's true. Adam, you know what? Well, I mean, I'm looking because you you cleaned up some of the ones that were for Adam. But anyway, the correct answers, if you're wondering, those of you at home, I will list them real quick. Also, those of us on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> I, will, I will list them and not sing them because then I'd have to sing the whole song. Um, you could go take a bath, figure out math, eat a doozer tower on the garden path. You could ride on your bike. You could go fly a kite. You could make a sticky sandwich in the middle of the night. You could talk real tough, huff and puff, say you didn't mean it, and all that stuff. And of course, you could be real brave, be real bold, overcome a danger just as good as gold. But you can't do any of that without, without a, hat. a hat. Dang. Thank you for that. <laughs> wow. We've come to the end of another one. Um, Adam, mm-hmm. you definitely have the most points because some questions were directed only at Adam. But Beth and Julia, you also did very well, except maybe not as well on that you can't do that without a hat question. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> See, I'm going to go ahead and just assume that me having the most points is indicative of my inherent merit. And skill instead of being indicative of a skewed system. And so I am going to walk through life with an overinflated mm-hmm. sense of self-worth as a result of that. Thank you. <laughs> Except not thank you because I earned all of this, clearly. Well, if an overinflated sense of self-worth isn't a prize enough for you, uh, <laughs> those of you who know Hubba uh, know that I always give prizes to winners. Um, and today you are all winners. Uh, so <gasps> Adam... Can you think of a Fraggle Rock character that you would like to have art of? Cantus. Okay. Julia, can you think of a Fraggle Rock character that you would like to have art of? I want the I want the hairy chested batworm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I want you to, I, just because I want you to draw that character. I will. That creepy character. And Beth? 
So I, I, I already have Marjorie and Philo and Gunge from when I was on Hubble Can I get the storyteller? You can get the storyteller. All right. So uh, I'll make those soon. And when I make them, I will be sure to uh, to share them on the Tough Pigs Discord. Plug, plug. Plug, 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 plug. Plug, 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 plug. But thank you so much for having me on uh, on your podcast so I could do a weird kind of loosey-goosey bonus episode of my podcast. Yay! Thank you so much for coming on to the weird Lucy Goosey episode of our mm-hmm. podcast. <laughs> to do a weird Lucy Goosey episode of your podcast, shout out to Hubba Wah. Yeah. Y'all should go listen to it's it. On, yeah, it's on hiatus now, so this is the perfect time for folks to go binge and catch up. Yes. Yeah, there's there's something like 29 episodes of Hubba Wah, I think, plus... There's the one episode of Moving Right Along that I hijacked to make into a <laughs> Hubba episode. And then there's the one episode of JD's podcast where he made it into a Hubba episode. That's right, yeah. Yep. So there's like 30, now 32 episodes of Hubba The perfect, perfect length for, for you to listen to while I work on my next project, which I will not tell you what it is, just in case I decide I don't want to do it. Smart. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, this is the perfect time to listen and catch up. Or if you're not a ketchup fan, the podcast also goes very well with mustard. I prefer oh. mustard. <laughs> I like both. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna head out in a second, but I guess I should do my plugs, um, yes. which are mostly for Tough Pigs, which you guys plug anyway. But we got some good stuff on Tough Pigs. That's the best place to find me. Uh, again, the Tough Pigs podcast feed. Also, writing for Tough Pigs. Sometimes doing art for Tough Pigs. There should be some art going up soon. Tough Pigs Discord, like I mentioned, I'm I'm one of the one of the moderators of the Tough Pigs Discord. We have fun there. Thank you so much for that. You and Katie Len are doing amazing work. I I know it can be a little overwhelming, but I promise if you just drop in and and say what you want to say, it, the the deluge of of posts about whether Telly Monster is good or not. You can just make your comments and and it'll be fine. The Telly Monster fans can can talk around you, but um, so that's a great way to find me uh, on social media. I'm at Tall Girl Petunia on most social media platforms. I'm not at Tall Girl Petunia on X, Twitter X, but I don't really use Twitter X that often. Um, you're probably better off finding me on any of the other social medias. I don't know. Instagram's nice. I post pictures of my cat sometimes. <laughs> and that's that. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Yeah, thank you for being here. And I will I will get you guys your art. I'm excited. Yay! You'll have to come back in the next season or two to do another episode with us. I would, we love, would love to. to have you. Absolutely. I would love to. I'm excited to actually, hopefully, get a good Junior Gorg episode to talk about because there's some be good nice. ones up ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can All I, right. Can I just leave? How do I? How do I leave? Yeah, Where's I the door? We're gonna let you. Where's the door? Perfect. Just gone. Oh, excellent. Um. Okay. Should we dive back into listener feedback? Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Our next email is from Puffin, who says. Hello, Fraggle Talk team. Hi, Buffin. I know you were looking for some audience participation things for the bonus episode of Fraggle Talk Classic, and I figured that since I am German and grew up with the German Fraggle Rock version, I might provide a fun fact about this international version of the show that, to my knowledge, is not included in the Muppet Wiki. Brackets. Beloved. 
there are only two episodes where German Doc actually calls Sprocket by his full name. In the pilot episode, Der Anfang, and in the episode where Doc forgets about Sprocket's birthday because he is engrossed with a book about awareness. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. In all other episodes, Sprocket's name is shortened to Sprocky. 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 I'm not sure why that is, but a very common theory in German Fraggle Rock enthusiast circles. Oh my god, let's just appreciate the phrase German Fraggle Rock enthusiast circles. Heck yes. That is very good. Theory is that the actor, Hans Helmut Dickau, had trouble pronouncing Sprocket. Another theory is that the name wasn't considered cute enough, and thus adding the E at the end, which we do in German to essentially cutify a name or thing. Uh, For some more name changes, Convincing John is called Johannes, and Gunge becomes Gungo. I'm aware that this mail might might well be coming too late for its intended purpose, but I wanted to fact check myself and included going through the entirety of the Doc and Sprocket segments, which took a few moments. Oh my gosh, Puffin, that's incredible work that I appreciate deeply. Yeah, that's really awesome. I really love and enjoy the podcast. I'm looking forward to the new episodes. Loads of love from Germany. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Puffin. Thank you so much, Puffin. That's wonderful. Yeah. And if any other listeners out there grew up with the versions other than the Canadian one, yeah, drop us a line. Tell us how they were, you know, different from the main one that we're talking about. We would love to hear more about the international versions. Yeah. That is genuinely fascinating to me and one of my favorite things. I'm trying to think of a show that has done that besides this, and I genuinely can't. I just think of Sesame Street has a ton of, you know, international versions. Yeah. And that's, you know, one of the things we talked about in the first episode is that Duncan Kenworthy, the guy who, you know, he was one of the the spearheading members of Fraggle Rock and helped figure out how to make this show international from the very beginning – was working on, I believe, the Arabic version of Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Yo, that's amazing. Yeah. Beth, am I making it up? Doesn't Doc in this first season, do, don't we hear him call Sprocket Sprocky, like, not a ton, but a time or two? Am, am yes. I wrong? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that happens. So it does, it transcends a little bit, but he does mostly call him Sprocket. But occasionally he gets to be Sprocky. Yeah. Can I, uh, can I read the, uh, the couple of comments from this person on the Discord? Please do. Um, This is from Ren on our Discord. Thank you, Ren. Hi, Ren. One thing about the lack of nuclear family structures in the show, if I recall from the visual history, it was almost going to be a mommy, daddy, kids, and grandparents cast of characters back when they were also called the Wuzzles. And deciding against that is, I think, one of the stronger points in the show that made it feel Mm -hmm. less for kids only. They were targeting a transitional demographic, kids in school and thus away from their parents for part of the day, and de-emphasizing adult-child relationships in favor of peer relationships, which is a more all-ages applicable and personally at least made me think, on my first watch in 2020, more of a living in student housing in college. Sometimes you have to be the boober and do everyone's dishes. (laughs) Moki is the prototypical mom friend with her own issues, and Wembley is every undecided major ever. Yeah. (laughs) Which... Yeah, I I love this, and you're, in my opinion, 100% spot on. Thank you so much for sharing that particular detail, because you're right, that does emphasize that level of peer relationships, and that it's not necessarily even family, it's just like, no, these are, these are the people that I am with every day, and I get to figure out how to interact with them. Yeah. One of the things that's really important to me, at least developmentally, is 
the idea of social consequences the idea that mm. like yeah you're a kid and like yeah we talk about you know keeping a safe body and making sure that we're playing safe with our bodies but how do we make sure we're playing safe with our words how do we make sure we're playing safe with our intentions mm. and it's a really difficult thing to talk about because it's really hard to quantify and this show does a really good job of demonstrating that dang yeah well put um, Ren also had a, a really sweet thing where they said this is barely relevant, but Adam reminds me of the lead vocalist of Cheek Face. Uh, and then they included a song, which as the only prep that I did for this episode is I listened to that song. The song is called Don't Stop Believing by Cheek Face. And I loved it. And I'm going to listen to the rest of the album. So thank you for the compliment, Ren. And thank you for introducing me to a new artist. <gasps> Yay! Oh, that made me so happy. Yeah, I hadn't heard of them before either. Have you gotten to listen to the song? Because it is, in fact, very me. I feel I feel oh, a mortifying gonna. ordeal of being known. <laughs> yes. I mean, you're about as known on this podcast as a black square unknowable entity can be. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> also, hold on. Who told you I'm a square? You don't know how long my sides are. You don't know if they're congruous. I believe that was from the episode where your video cut out and you were just a black square for a while. Or I guess a black rectangle. Thank you, rectangle. Sorry. I know it's important to use the correct terminology. It's super not, but I appreciate you playing <laughs> in the space with me. Oh, yes. And then a bunch of people in the Discord, uh, Katie Lynn, Anthony, uh, Kellerific, all want to hear Adam's theories for season two. <clears throat> all right, then, children. Hello, and welcome to Adam's theories for season two. Now, as we've previously established, this show does in season one a great... I'm not going to do the voice for the whole thing. <laughs> I'm not. I thought about it, but no, I don't. <laughs> if you in the Discord can clock who I was doing an impression of there, I will be highly impressed. Um, because that is a very specific impression of a very niche voice. Um, one of the things that I really like about shows that go on for a while is you get to see them start off with the idea of what they want the show to be. And then over the course of season one, you get to see them figure out what the show actually is. Mm. You see this, my favorite example of this is Better Call Saul, mm. which is an amazing show. Uh, and if anyone who really likes Breaking Bad, I highly recommend it. And one of the big obstacles people have is the first season kind of drags. And the first season goes on for a little while and it takes a little while to try to figure out what it actually is. They walk in with the premise, but then they sort of are clearly fleshing it out. And this show already feels very fleshed out, and watching them explore the space has just gotten more and more organic. So I think for season two, what we're really going to see is them building on this foundation. Because we have a really strong foundation. We've got pretty clearly defined interpersonal relationships with our main characters. We've got a world building that has a pretty solid core of understanding, but also has a lot of open space to fill in on the map. And we've got these relationships between these societies that we as viewers have a better understanding of than the people who are actually in them. Mm. Uh, it reminds me a lot, actually, and I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but there was a really good uh, video essay that I cannot for the life of me remember where I saw it. I think it might have been Movie Bob. Um, but he's talking about why Die Hard is such a fun movie. Mm. And he says it's because we as the audience know what's going to happen before the characters do. All of the like major beats for Die Hard get set up where the characters don't know what's coming, but we as the audience do. And it gives us that giddy anticipation of like, ooh, that's going to happen. And then it does, and we're like, ooh, the thing happened! <laughs> uh, and it really does feel like that's what we're setting up, that's what the writers are setting up here. That we're getting a chance to see the ways that these societies are interrelated 
and also that they don't realize this. And so I think what we're going to get to see is more of these characters discovering that. And we're going to see them processing it through the clearly defined interpersonal relationships. And we're going to see them trying to figure out what it means. And I think there's going to be, like, if this show continues to be as natural as it is, there's going to be a lot of mistakes and a lot of misinterpretations. And I hope that we get a chance to see them work through that messy thing to get onto the same page. Because mm. that, for me, is the really beautiful thing. You, you gotta... The reason that we are not all one hive mind, the reason that we are not just, like, immediate telepathic communicators is because there is a beauty and a joy in the messy awkward incredibly difficult work of trying to get onto the same page and to establish that like yes this thing that i am saying which is encoded in all of my cultural memetics will translate to this thing that you would say encoded in all of your cultural memetics and that means that i can actually say what I mean to say to you in a way that you will hear it. Mm. And I don't think we're going to get there for season two, but I think we're going to see some more of the messy, awkward steps in that process. And I'm really excited for that. Awesome. This has been another one of Adam's theories about what will happen in season two. Thank you. Wait a minute. Is that this has been another use of the identify spell? Gah, you got it. Yep. That. Yep. Bam. That is Brennan Lee Mulligan's Identify Spell from Fantasy High. <laughs> okay. Which I have not seen, but I am very well aware of Brennan Lee Mulligan. Okay. Oh, he's a treasure. He is. Um, on the Discord, Tiger asked, what episode most exceeded your expectations based on what you remembered or heard about it beforehand? Would this be a question for... Yeah, that's for the two of y'all. Yeah. I have talked enough. Well, no, I was going to say just like, because uh, I don't know what episodes. I guess like... The one that you could answer, Adam, would be Marooned, because we definitely, me and Beth alluded to mm -hmm. Marooned several times, like, in the lead up of, like, oh, that episode's very special, and that is a, it's a beloved hard episode. Um, right. Because otherwise, I don't know if you would really have known about episodes in advance that would have exceeded your expectations. I would not have. Marooned is the only one I remember hearing about ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I this whole season kind of, especially, like, going into the second half, really exceeded my expectations and my expectations were pretty high because again i i knew that i went through it and liked it on the first go but again because of keeping maybe a closer eye on things with a bit more analysis um i would say like the vast majority of the episodes kind of went above and beyond of what i remembered because there's just so much care put into every episode yeah i'm trying to think of like there's a particular episode um like i I really liked the episode, The Garden Plot. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, yeah, definitely The Garden Plot. Um, I think Catch the Tail by the Tiger was another one for me that um, I found a lot more depth on on this rewatching that I had in, in previous watchings. Um, yeah, and I, I can't wait to continue experiencing that with season two, you know? Like, I can read the episode descriptions and go like, oh, yeah, that one. And I know that when I, you know, rewatch it for the purposes of this podcast, I just find so many more little details and so many more layers that I'm so excited to come and, and talk about with you guys. It's a genuine joy. Uh, I think there was uh, one little detail that we were talking about all of the cool little background critters in Fraggle Rock mm -hmm. that now have mm -hmm. their own Muppet Wiki page. And, oh, right. Yeah. And one of them 
actually is named that at the time uh, I didn't know there was a name for it. Those little little guys that, that that look like kind of like a cross between a tapir and a capybara. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they're called diggits. Aww. Aww. That's super rad. And they have their own Muppet Wiki now, page. Are they are they specifically from the Kenyu region? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus yes, Christ. Yes, they are from Kenyu Canyon. Oh wow, I'm a big fan of Kenyu Diggits. Ah, <laughs> uh, and I think maybe a, a good place. <laughs> I think maybe a good place to wrap up is with uh, Anthony's question. I'd like to hear how you'd all make the world a little more gorgish or doozery. I love this. Um, when someone you know and love dies, give them a solemn memorial toot. I'm going to make the world a little more gorgish by, at some point, attempting to make peach and garlic pie. Ooh, let me know how it turns out. Yep. Brown sugar. Oh, that's right. I think uh, Ren was the one talking about um, doing the whole caramelization thing of the garlic. So, Ren, yeah. when you're in yeah. town, we will make peach and garlic pie. Um, It doesn't hurt to have your own kissing rock, so then, you know... If you you want you want to do a smooch with someone, there's like the consent involved of like, oh, we're going. Do you want to come to the the kissing rock with me? And then everybody is just on the same page. Excellent. That's good. Also, wear a crown made out of whisks. Yeah. <laughs> it might be it might be a bit of a whiskey practice, but oh, I bet geez. you deserve it. <laughs> All right, doozery. Doozery. Doozerer. Doozerish, doozer, doozerian, doozer. Ooh, make our dreams work through our teamwork. Mm. I was gonna say working nonstop is a lot more fun if you're just wearing a yellow hard hat the entire time for doing whatever <laughs> in your life. Um, don't be afraid to just shift hobbies and dive completely into a completely different thing. Uh, and if that doesn't work, sing a grumpy song about it because that's a there's a lot of catharsis there. Call darn, darn ball, ball of yarn. yarn. God, that's such a good <laughs> rhyme. It makes me so mad. It's so perfect. <laughs> oh, excellent. Okay. Um, anything else before we wrap up? I mean, you know, this being kind of just our overlook at. Or, or look at everything we've done for this first season. Are there things that we've learned from just like as podcasters, like just kind of a sneak behind the mm. scenes, like what we've learned that works, things that have been maybe like a, a challenge and things that have been a joy. I just thought we could maybe touch on that a little bit to yeah. let, let the listeners know how it's gone. I will say in terms of scheduling mm-hmm. that – Trying to get three, let alone four, adult humans with full-time day jobs in the same place at the same time is just tricky, and it's always going to be tricky, and that doesn't mean that any of us are falling behind or, or, or disappointing the others when it's tough to get us all scheduled together. Like, no, that's just, you know, modern American adulthood, and yeah, I wish... We all had the time and money to devote more time and energy to things that 
bring us zero dollars, but bring us a lot of joy. This would be so much easier if we had 30 minute work weeks. Yeah. Bingo. There it is. Um, but yeah, in terms of scheduling for season two, like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to put out fewer scheduling polls for longer periods of time so that we can get a whole bunch of things scheduled way in advance. And then that way I can send those dates to potential guests to like bring them on board with, with more notice and, and reach out to a wider audience than just um, the, the tough picks people. Brad, um, if you're worried about, and maybe this is specifically for like neurodivergent community, but I find this to be true in a lot of circles. If you have status, which I guess we technically do as podcasters because we are the ones talking and people are listening to us. If you're worried about being interesting or making good content, people always want to hear about the stuff you're excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you're genuinely excited, like if you're looking at something and you're trying to figure out what part of it to talk about, talk about the part you're excited about. Cause that's the part that other people, like when you are talking about the thing that makes your brain light up, that's what's going to draw other people to want to hear you. Yeah. Even if they thought they had zero interest in the thing, suddenly they want to listen to you. Yeah. This is, this is not a medium for, like restrained laid back cool kids who don't care about things this is a medium where like caring about things is what you bring to the table yeah mm-hmm. and that's been really validating and beautiful yeah i love that people are excited to hear about my wacky theories <laughs> that's so cool i want to hear about y'all's wacky theories that has all the legit information and i didn't want to like voice my theories because some of it maybe would be but i i'm aware of things that are going to happen so i didn't want to have to dance around too much um right yeah yeah i i mean i feel like this podcast has been a wonderful experience it i think especially because the early episodes we had some where we were recording like with months in between just because of of scheduling and kind of getting into the swing of it like I don't love listening to my voice and I was on the very first, the very first Tough Picks podcast was Frog Kissin', which was me and my pal Laura Frazier, which yeah. we started in our early 20s and it was just us rambling and there was no structure and it was a mess and I loved making it. I think there was a lot of charm to it, but I never listened to those episodes once they went up. Um, and this one, I didn't think I was going to either, but I was curious and it also like has helped remind me of what we have talked about in previous episodes but you know me listening early on I can like I just talking about myself like I can see like the shift of early on I felt like I was holding back a little bit and maybe it's because like this is my first time like meeting Adam doing this podcast and I don't know like being neurodivergent I always get like so and having anxiety get so anxious about you know, what if, like, I say the wrong thing? And, like, what if I don't remember these mm-hmm. these facts? And so it's been really nice, like, in, in getting to know Adam more. And also, like, Beth, we've known each other, but getting to know you more as well. Like, I don't know, seeing, like, the growth of, like, the relationship between the three of us and, like, the on like ongoing, like, references or inside jokes that keep popping <laughs> up. And I, for me, like, getting to talk about Fraggle Rock and Jim Henson, I mean, that's, that's what sold me on, like, wanting to do this podcast because I – love you know i love this world i love this medium but um i think like what's ended up being the biggest treat for me is 
building building friendships, getting to like bring folks on and like, you know, pick their brains as well on on what we're we've been talking about all season. But I don't know. I just wanted to say that it's been such a joy getting to share this space with you. And, you know, we reference in every episode, at least one of us is like, I'm so tired. And it is so hard (laughs) being adults and like doing this side project when we already have so many other side projects going on as well. But, you know, it it's worth doing because it's nice that, you know, folks listen and and have a connection. But it's also nice getting to, you know, once every every week, every other week, a couple times a month, getting to just sit here with you on Zoom and talk about fraggles. (laughs) It's great. It is very yeah. nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well said, Julia. It has been wonderful getting to know you too, Julia. Yeah. And it's so, I, I think I speak for both of us. It's so nice to just get to regularly hang out with Beth too, because Beth lives in a different state than I do. And I usually only get to see Beth like two times a year. Yeah. I mean, Beth lives in the same city as me. And I think I see Beth probably two to four times a year, depending on right if i've got like a backyard thing or if you come out to a poetry event and that's or yep. j- or a tough another tough pig is in town and we do a gathering right um, so yeah this is also a nice way to get to see beth for me even though we live like a 20 minute drive apart this is what 21st century friendship is it truly is, it really it's, is. it's piecing together the bits and pieces of when you can see each other in person and if you can't you know, you you hang out online and you make it work. And it's all it's all real life. Online is real life. It's all you know, I'm I'm tangenting again. Um Hi tangenting again. I'm Adam. That's also like the tag for this podcast is tangenting again. <laughs> parentheses neurodivergence. Parentheses manic humanism. Colon. <laughs> I'm having a lot of feelings and I need to process that musically. Roman numerals three. Colon season two electric boogaloo <laughs> is coming soon. We are going to take a, a bit of a break in between seasons, but uh, so yes, we do not currently have the air date for season two yet, but when we do, that will probably, I will drop that in the uh, Tough Pigs Discord. Uh, another reason to come hang out there. And we we do this specifically so we can make sure we have a bit of a backlog so that we can keep a consistent posting schedule Mm -hmm. when we do. Yes. Because we figure that it would probably be a little bit easier for you, the listener, to like know when we're going to start and then have a very consistent run than to update when schedules permit. Yeah. Hi, Beth, where can people find you? You can find me on social media at Beth Anna Cook. That's Anna with two N's. And occasionally writing stuff for toughpigs.com. And you could find me at Geek Girl Grown Up for inst- on Instagram mostly at this point. I'm not on Twitter ever anymore for obvious reasons. Uh, if you like poetry, I'm also at juliagaskill.com. Uh, I've mentioned this like a time or two. I do host like poetry events here if you live in or around Portland, Oregon. I don't know how many of you there would be, but I host a show called Slamlandia. If you're looking for like a cool destination trip, there's a three-day poetry festival that I'm the unofficial director for happening this June called the Bigfoot Poetry Festival, where there's a slam tournament and a bunch of just like free day events as well. So if you're in the area, there's a lot of poetry. And otherwise, you can also find me at toughpigs.com. Nice. You can find me. But before you do, <laughs> ask yourself, do you really want to? <laughs> Wouldn't that spoil the mystery? Can't we just let this be? 
There you go. And on that note. <laughs> Don't forget to dance your cares away. Down at Fraggle Talk. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Excellent. Fraggle Talk Classic is brought to you by ToughPigs.com. Fraggle Talk Art by Dave Hultine Jr. The Fraggle Rock mark and logo, characters, and elements are trademarks of the Jim Henson Company. All rights reserved. The Fraggle Rock theme song, written by Philip Balsam and Dennis Lee, is used with permission. Special thanks to the Jim Henson Company and the entire Fraggle Rock family. For more from Tough Pigs, please find us at Tough Pigs on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, TeePublic, and Patreon. Fraggle Talk Classic is produced and edited by me, Beth Cook. Thank you to Joe Hennis, the Tough Pigs Muppet Fan Podcast Executive Producer. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Down at Fraggle Talk. Recording. 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 And of course, the dog I'm sitting has now decided to growl because two people are walking outside. Hey, Richie, we're not going to do that. You got a knot for the next hour. Just go to sleep. I love you, little werewolf. All right. (laughs) And we've got our outline tag.